GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand. Ian McGrail has been giving evidence. The former commissioner of police is charged with sexual assault. He's told uh, the judge that he is no predator and has never behaved inappropriately with any officer. He's concluded giving his live evidence. The former commissioner said police officers are trained to take notes of significant events and questions why the complainant, herself a police officer, would have no contemporaneous note. She didn't make a note at the time of the alleged incident. And he says that's because it never happened. Mr McGrail said the complainant's evidence is, is that the incident happened a mere 10 metres from the command suite, which has a glass door that the secretary could look through at all times. Mr McGrail said 20 or 25 personnel worked close to that glass door and that corridor uh, during working hours and to suggest that he might have risked 36 years of hard work in that way by allegedly grabbing her bottom. It just doesn't make sense, he said. Mr McGrail told the court the allegations are utterly false. We'll have a few more details for you at one thirty. Our reporter Katie Docker uh, is in the magistrate's court at this moment and the evidence continues, not with Mr McGrail but with um, with others. And as I said, at one thirty, the latest local news including that. But there have been, as I said just a moment ago, there have been a stricter, tougher rules for litter. Uh, and here with more details, our reporter Kevin Rees. Afternoon, Kevin. Afternoon, Jonathan. Yes, it's one of those topics um, which... Uh People are talking about all the time litter. It's one of those topics which feeds uh, uh, local Gibraltar social media. And of course, it's one of those topics which we've been covering regularly across GBC programming, especially on Cinepulse for the last seven years. People ask us to talk about it because they feel... Um, you know, it's one of those uh, topics which really gets to them littering. This week, new announcements, um, new tougher controls, substantial hikes in fixed penalty notices for littering. Dangerous litter. It's gone up to a grand, a thousand pounds fine, up from 250. And for ordinary litter, that's gone up from 70 pounds to 250 pounds. Now, the Oof. fines. Pedro, don't... Pedro. Repeat, repeat those because sometimes numbers are difficult and they sound like. Uh, like hefty yep, amounts. Yep, yep. Dangerous litter has gone up from two hundred and fifty to one thousand pounds. You could receive a fine of one thousand pounds for depositing dangerous, dangerous litter. litter. Now, dangerous litter can constitute glass, for example, um, not picking up after your dog, of course. Um, it doesn't just um, refer to the depositing of litter, but also how it's deposited. Dangerous litter, of course. How, even... how it's um, dealt with afterwards. Exactly. Dangerous litter, you know, you can deposit of it um, adequately, appropriately, in the right place, in the right bin. But, for example, glass, you have to make it safe. So the person picking up after, you know, isn't harmed by the glass. So, well, so, or you'd put it in the recycle bin. Exactly. So, well, that's another thing as well. Where we deposit litter. Um, you could also be fined for depositing litter in the wrong container, in the wrong bin. It's something that we haven't heard much about um, being enforced, but it's, it is covered by a laws. Um, so putting a plastic container in the wrong bin, you could actually be fined. In the wrong recycling such. bin. That's right. You could actually be fined for such. Now, importantly, Main Street is always, uh, uh, people are always talking about litter on Main Street. In the evenings, we see uh, bags of refuse lining up. Main Street, not many people know, you can only deposit uh, litter 
or, or, or via refuse on Main Street between the hours of 6 and 7 between Sunday and Friday. So oh, every day new, except huh? Saturday. That's a, that's a new... It's been in our laws. I don't know how far back it goes. Um, it's one of those things which, again, we haven't seen the enforcement, um, but there's only one hour when people can actually go out and place their bins. Remember, uh, bin men come to Main Street around the 8 to 9 in the evening, so vale. you don't want to place it there at 4 in the afternoon. We do have cases of that happening. We've covered it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so these laws, these new fines cover... All of that. Um, and these are just the first of the announcements because there are further announcements expected towards the end of the week. All right. Now, the chief minister also spoke about that on Direct Democracy. Um, and he was asked by our news editor, Christine Vasquez, if it meant, um, you know, greater policing. And he said, um, we don't want to live in a police state. And he also spoke about, you know, employing more uh, letter wardens would be a hit on the public purse. Um, And um, he did say we did not want to employ more because it would be a a massive hit on the public purse. We didn't want to live in a police state, but he did say more CCTV would be fitted across Gibraltar in order to manage the situation. And he also asked for responsibility from the people, of course. Okay, what what we've talked about recently is that uh, civic pride is extremely important which yeah. I think is why it ties in so well with City Pulse because mm-hmm. City Pulse is about celebrating yeah. uh, you know the community and, and achievements and, and this is something that really lets us down mm. and and it's not everybody obviously there's a lot of people who, who are very conscientious and yeah. like to keep things neat and tidy, tidy but in their houses and, yeah. and, and to dispose of rubbish properly, but those who don't, let the side down. Yeah, um, how many clean-up days um, do we have in a year? We always comment uh, in the newsroom, we have quite a few in a year, and uh, every single time they do pick up a lot of garbage. Yep. Americano, garbage. <laughs> Me salió garbage. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kevin, you're working on another uh, serious yes. story where a lot of people are out of pocket yeah, as well. A, a very sad one as well. The loss, the closure of a of a long-standing Gibraltarian business, uh, um, Agmoda, rebranded as Rooms by Agmoda uh, in the last few years. They've gone into liquidation. We're working, we've reached out to the liquidators um, to hear from them um, so we can explain to people who've been affected by the closure how they can go about um, uh, what, what they should be doing next. We've heard from a number of people as well. We're talking to a number of affected customers who paid up front for those uh, furnishings, for that furniture. Um, of course, many new homes coming up in Gibraltar as well. Many people pre-planning already, um, ordering ahead. Um, so we're trying to reach out to people who've been uh, affected by the closure of Akmoda and also to the liquidators. We're waiting to hear from them and from the Consumer um, Affairs Office as well with guidance. Okay, and Kevin, when you do up a new house, if you're buying a bed, a sofa, cupboards, wardrobes, it could amount to thousands of pounds that people are out of pocket. It does. Tala cosa cara. I mean, um, just to furnish a house, Betty una casa, is very, very expensive nowadays. So, and you can imagine... Many of the affected uh, people, at least the ones that we're hearing from, are young people, up and starting, young couples, young families, young single people starting off. They haven't got massive savings. They're starting off in life. um, And they've been particularly hit by the closure of Agmoda. Again, very sad as well from the business perspective, from the heritage perspective, a very long-standing business, a very recognisable name in the community. And again, I suppose changing trends and perhaps, I don't know, has this business been able to keep up with the trends or not? 
It's an interesting story. Yeah. Um, if somebody's listening to this and thinking, I mean, I affecta, yeah. or I know somebody who is out of pocket, yeah. you'd like them to get in touch yes, with please. News. Get in touch with uh, news at gbc.gi or you can call us in the newsroom on 200 79810. On Radio Gibraltar and on GBC Television, Gibraltar Today. With Jonathan Scott. Now, we have been reporting on a salmonella outbreak. Uh, the Director of Public Health, Dr. Helen Carter, is here, and she's joined now by the environmental agencies Janela Corvaccio and Joanne, Joanne Charlton. So, thanks a lot for joining us. Um, let's, uh, let's bring in uh, Janela and Joanne. Um, you, you're approaching it from uh, your, your food inspectors. Uh, so, so you, w- w- tell us a little bit about you know what a salmonella outbreak means for you and, and what you what you've been doing. So, with um, the salmonella, with the eggs and the poultry um, that's been happening, we've been um, talking with Helen and the public health team um, about how we can can look at that and provide um, protection, extra layers of protection to the public of Gibraltar through restaurants and through policies and health initiatives like the the summer campaign. Because uh, prevention is always better than cure. Um, talk, to, talk us through, Janela, how, what a food inspection generally entails. How do you make sure that establishments serving food um, are, you know, doing what they're supposed to do to, to keep our food, uh, the, the area as clean as possible and to avoid uh, the risk of uh, infection? So um, we carry out like regular checks, um, usually for like high risk areas such as like restaurants. We go about every three months and um, we just like literally go and have a look and see if like our employees are washing their hands, if they're like preventing cross contamination between like raw and ready to eat items, um, if they're probably like cooking um, food types that are like a little bit more high risk like um, chicken and poultry, things like that. Um, and now really maybe we're like a little bit more focused on like egg safety and like I'm um, looking at if the cooking eggs um correctly and thoroughly and making sure that that's like um a bit more contained and controlled. So what does it mean to cook eggs safely or what are you looking out for? So really we're looking out right now it's a bit of a recommendation to like refrigerate eggs instead of like keeping them out at ambient especially now that like temperatures are going to go up in the summer. Um we're making sure as well that um like relaying the information on like that they're probably cooking like eggs like if they're going to make scrambled if they're going to make like um anything really like just for them to make sure that they're, they're like properly cooked and not like runny and things like that to sort of like prevent because some people like runny eggs yeah so we're just trying to like spread that sort of like information okay so uh, for the time being you'd also recommend that anybody who would normally ask for runny eggs in restaurants maybe to ask for their eggs to be well cooked dr carter's not nodding her head i am i love runny eggs i really <laughs> do but but you know absolutely at the moment at this time personally i'm you know not having well, i'm not going to get the terminology right sunny side up on my eggs make sure i fry them on both sides okay Definitely. Okay. Um, right. Okay. So, so eggs is a is a significant area of concern. Uh, is chicken as well? I mean, do do we have to do? Uh, do we have to keep certain things in mind when cooking chicken at the moment. Yeah. So with with chicken, with poultry, turkey, um, any sort of white meat, you're looking at um, making sure that it's cooked through. So the harder to reach areas um, in the breast between the leg, when you're cooking, you want the juices to run clear. 
and especially when you're serving young children and the vulnerable um, and the immunocompromised, that you check that there's no pink, there's no red meat um, before serving. Stacey has asked, um, I think you, you partly covered this earlier, Dr Carter, but in case, um, like, uh, like Stacey, others uh, didn't hear your answer, um, is, it, is, it still, um, is it still safe for, for barbecues uh, to, you know, to, to proceed? Or, or is it sort of pertinent for, for anybody at the moment to, to maybe cancel any barbecues? No, it's safe for barbecues to continue. It's, it's going back to basics and think it being a bit more mindful about how you handle food if you're handling you know raw chicken that you then cook on a barbecue wash your hands if you're then going to handle the cooked food think about your storage think about your chopping boards don't cook you know sort of um chop raw poultry on a cooking board and then prepare your salad on the same board there'd be the risk of cross-contamination there so by all means, go ahead with barbecues. Just make sure that you're wise about the hand washing, not mixing raw and cooked food. Thank you for joining us on behalf of Public Health Gibraltar. Thank you also to Janela Gorvacho and Joanne Shelton on behalf of the Environmental Agency. Best of luck. Thank uh, you, Jonathan. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar today. I'm Kelly M. Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from 1 to 2, getting behind the headlines. And you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one. GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand.